good morning. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Tea Time with Tommy, where we take a few minutes, share a cup of tea together, and we are hopefully able to gain some encouragement as we look at different scriptures and devotional thoughts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Twining's Gingerbread Joy Tea. Lift your spirit this winter season with the ginger and cinnamon flavors of this irresistible flavored black tea. So sit back with your cup of tea and let's relax together for a few minutes as we see where this week's podcast will take us. Good morning, a warm teacup welcome. I am so thankful that you have decided to join us today as we continue to look to gain encouragement from the book of Ruth. Diving right in, earlier in Ruth chapter 1, we found where Naomi was encouraging her daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth, to remain in the land of their birth. After the death of Naomi's husband and her two sons, she was determined to return to her own country and her own people. And while Orpah conceded to her mother-in-law's wishes, Ruth, on the other hand, is determined to remain with Naomi. Today we're going to look at one of my favorite segments of the story of Ruth. It's probably one of the most quoted areas of Ruth, or perhaps we could even say one of the most misquoted areas of Ruth. But it's this pivotal scene in this narrative that we have. We have a dialogue between Naomi and Ruth that illustrates the important and valuable theme that the entire book of Ruth represents because it shows how much larger the theme of the entire Bible is. So today, as we look at Ruth chapter 1, we're going to pick up in verse 14. Again, Ruth chapter 1, beginning with verse 14. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you, for wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now just a tidbit here, Uh, this is extra. The Septuagint, the word that is used in verse 14 that means to cry with a loud voice, is a wailing, weeping wailing. It shows how how powerful the bond was between both of them. It showed Orpah and Ruth because it says they lifted up their voices and wept again. And again, that word... Uh, meaning wailing, Uh, Orpah and Ruth both were feeling that way. But, you know, there comes a, a place in our following of God where it comes down to not just being vocal, where it comes down to not just listening or being a participant, but being a doer. Ruth and Orpah both felt the same feelings, but Ruth did differently than Orpah. 
In looking at Ruth's decisive action, it was a, it was a decisive action for God's people, but even more so for God himself. And I think if we look at Christianity, we see people who are very content, certainly with feeling the Christian feelings. They're content with feeling a love for God. They're content with loving his word. And they're even content with, with loving his people. But the bigger question is, are they going to be doers of the word? As James 1.23 reminds us. Certainly as Christians, we're all very thankful that God did not just feel his love for us, but instead God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. Well, Ruth showed her feelings. She didn't just whale them out, but she showed her feelings of love by her willingness to make this huge commitment and honestly, understanding the times that this was taking place in, it was a costly commitment for Ruth, especially when you realize that she had no idea what the next three chapters were going to hold for her. She was going out on that action of faith. Ruth is an excellent Old Testament example of faith in God. Hebrews defines faith as the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In Hebrews 11, it goes on to add that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Ruth demonstrates for us a tremendous faith with her insistence to go with Naomi and return to Judah. Unlike Orpah, Ruth is not going to return to the homeland, to her people, or to her gods because she is now trusting in the living God of Israel, Naomi's God. The confidence of God's provision, which we read about in Ruth 1, even though she hasn't seen it yet. Ruth is willing to commit herself to Naomi and to follow her to a land that she has not seen, to a people that are not hers. A Moabite widow, a foreigner to Naomi's people. And Naomi was very clear in Ruth 1, 11 through 13 that we talked about last week. There's not going to be any guarantees. But again, let's look a little bit deeper at Ruth's response. Entreat me not. In other words, she's saying, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me turn back from following you. Where you go, I'm going to go. And where you stay, I'm going to stay. And she goes on, your people will be my people. Your God shall be my God. And, and even to the point of I will be buried where are you going to be buried? And, and Lord, strike me down if anything but death is going to separate she and I. This is a heartfelt plea. Now I want us to consider the how personal it is. It's not really about beliefs. It's not about theology. But it's based on a relationship that Ruth has with Naomi. But I believe for, for us to see, to, 
to dig deeper into what it's really wanting us to see in these passages, what God wants to teach us, is it's about the relationship that Ruth has seen with Naomi and Naomi's relationship with Yahweh. Ruth's confession here teaches us two things right off the bat. It teaches of the conversion from the gods of her people and the Moabites to her trusting in the living God of Israel. But it's also a a prophetic indicator, if you will, of the things to come because we see the inclusion of the Gentiles through Ruth, those non-Jewish people who are now part of the redemption of all of humanity through the lineage of Jesus Christ. The Jewish people saw the kingdom of God as exclusively for them. Unless the Gentiles were to be converted into Judaism, they did not believe they would be included in God's kingdom. The early church thought this way as well as we study through the Jewish church leaders in the protesting of the apostle Peter's involvement with the conversion of a Roman centurion that we find in Acts which, by the way, I've jotted down as a note that we might look at a little bit later on. But also, typically, women are not included in Jewish genealogy, but Ruth being one of the two Gentiles and five women that were listed in Matthew chapter 1. Christ calls us to be his followers, disciples. In Matthew 16, we're we're tasked to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow. Looking at this line by line very quickly, because I don't want to go too long, when Ruth says, don't make me turn back, entreat me not, is this not a model for repentance, turning away from how we formerly lived? Then she says, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. A personal commitment following Christ as Christ has called his believers. Then she says, your people, my people, your God, my God. A model confession of commitment and identification with being a child of God, being a part of his church to worship Yahweh. Where you die, I will die. Israel's God the one true living God. And this is expressing the hope in a resurrection from the dead through the believing of Jesus Christ. Job 19, Matthew 22. How important is God in your life? Are we willing to leave everything to know and understand what it means to follow Him? I think today we should just ask ourselves, is God a preference in our life or is God a necessity? Be encouraged today, my friends. What we see is the heart of Ruth. She had come to understand that Yahweh, Jehovah, the God of Israel, is the only true and living God. And she was determined to be alongside Naomi and serve him. She was even willing to leave family, friends, and her entire way of life to go where she did not know to become a doer. I would ask you today to examine our own lives. And if we've moved God from that top spot, 
I can think of no better time to make sure that he's the one we're following. And wherever he leads, together, let's go. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. As we looked at the challenging example of Ruth's commitment, not just to Naomi, but more importantly, to Yahweh. We look forward to spending time with you next week. But until then, may your cup overflow with his blessings.